Spotlights is a series of online events and publications focusing on a particular group of victim survivors who are often hidden from services. As part of Safe Life Spotlight on domestic abuse of young people, this week my colleague Deirdre has met with Natasha, a young survivor of domestic abuse. Natasha talks about her experience of being abused by her boyfriend, leaving school and becoming a single mum, and ultimately receiving help and support from Holly, a Yipfa working with 13 to 17 year olds. We hope you find this interview as inspirational as we did. Please note, names have been changed to protect identities. Okay, can you start by telling me just a bit about yourself, like what your name is, how old you are? Um, my name's... I'm 18. Um, I've got a little boy. He'll be two in March. Oh. Um, single mum. Yep. <laughs> Live on my own. Um, and I'm currently studying my level three health and social care at college. Wow. So... How's that going? It's going great. I've nearly finished it now. Um, and I'll be going on to my level four and then I'll be going to university the year after. Wow. So... Sounds good. Cool. So can you tell me a bit about why you're talking to me today? Um, just to make people aware about domestic abuse and violence and how it's not, well, that you're not alone. Yeah. You're not the only one who's been through it. Um, and it's hard to talk about, but it makes you feel better, I think, if you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. Some people do. Yeah. And can you tell me a bit about your story, what you've been through? Um, well, it started, I go back to what year one. Um, it was around about 2011 when I first went into foster care when I met Um And we lived in the same home together. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mad story. <laughs> um, but we're just like, we weren't really like... We never used to speak much or anything, and we just acted like normal people. And just, well, I've got like siblings, so it didn't feel like we're brother and sister. So it was just more like a friend thing. Um, and then after a year, we like sort of got closer and we started going out. And I just think from then, I just started we just liked each other, and mm-hmm. so we just thought, okay, we'll give it a go. It was a bit awkward because obviously we lived in the same home, and like when you we didn't really know what the like the consequences were going to be. Um, but anyway, not long after my 14th birthday, um, obviously got kicked out because I found out that we were together and obviously I, I, I was a lot younger than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about six months after that, I got put into another foster home. Um, it was lovely. I, I'd still talk to them now. Yeah. I love them so much. Um, but I just felt like we're more free, like we could actually like tell everyone that we're a couple and yeah. we could like do more things and like make people aware that we're together and that we like, weren't bothered about what people thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was fine, obviously everyone knew us constantly because we're never away from each other, we loved each other, obviously. Um, and he was like the best thing ever really like I loved him mm-hmm. um, and then 
obviously he always had problems anyway like even when I got with him he took drugs and stuff and his mum never really used to speak to us well she never spoke to us because I was younger than him and she always used to think I was going to get him like done for rape and that mm-hmm. um, but when I was coming up to 16 she started talking to us um, and it was a bit better because obviously I could meet more of his family and then mm-hmm. more of them started accepting us more and and then obviously I fell pregnant when I left school, literally just as I left. So I had that to think about. But obviously, like, I never really... Because I was, like, a pushover at home. I, like, I used to run around like I was his mum because his mum, like, like, didn't really do a lot for him. I think it's because she had problems with him when he was younger as well and mm-hmm. used to, like, have temper outbursts and obviously he was on drugs. and But I never thought he would be like that with me. I just thought, like, I could change him. Mm. What was he like with you? I don't know. He was just so, like... He just, like... I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, he was, he, like... He wasn't, like... I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> um, it's quite a hard one, actually. He was just, like, the... Like, a role model to me. Like, I just used to think he was amazing, like... Yeah. And obviously we loved each other, but I just never, ever thought that he would ever hurt me. Did he hurt you? Um, yeah, he did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was obviously more emotional for me. Yeah. Um, but it did sometimes. was physical. Mm. But at first it was more like we used to, like, play a fight, but then it obviously changed from then. Yeah. And then obviously he used to like threaten to hit doors off us and it just got worse and worse and then he started getting in debt with his eyeballs and that just before I had the baby. Mm. Um, he never really cared about the baby now as I got on. He never used to go to me antenatal appointments or anything. Yeah. Um, his mum didn't really bother either, if I'm honest. It was more like my sister and me nana yeah. who would bother. Um, but... So when did you start to think that maybe the way that he was acting towards you wasn't good? I think I knew myself for a long time that it wasn't good because I was unhappy all the time and I felt I felt like it was my fault or was something that I was doing was wrong. And yeah. I used to sit and think every night, what is it that I'm doing wrong? What is it that is making him unhappy? Because he never really used to like, communicate with us. And he used to just tell us to shut up. Hmm. Um, but I was, like, scared to tell, like, anyone because they might have just thought, oh, he's a young, he's will have arguments. And I used to think that they would, like, believe what I would say and, like, I was just scared for what would happen. So I just, like, obviously went along with it and obviously I was used to that. It was, like, all I knew. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What, um... For instance, what what was the relation like between your parents, for instance? Was that good? Was that bad? Um, well, obviously, my mum passed away mm-hmm. and my dad lived abroad with mm-hmm. his wife and I didn't really know my dad too well because mm-hmm. my mum and dad split up when I was young. Um, so it was, like, on the parents' side for me, it was, like, quite, like, nothing, to be honest. Yeah. But for his side, his dad lived in London. Yeah. Um, and his mum, she was all okay, but... Like, even still now, still at this stage, she's always been, like, dead laid back. She doesn't really want to interfere with anything. 
the more I've more I knew like the more I know her. Like she's never it's like she's never really come out of her shell, like she's scared to tell us things about him and mm-hmm. like she's starting to open up a little bit more now, but like with relationships great, she helps sometimes I'm not gonna say she like does all the time but she doesn't. Mm. But um his parents never really used to say anything either. Yeah. Really. So, so what um what made you I guess start to talk about it? Um, I think just cause like everyone knew that I was cause I was I wasn't concentrating in school. I was coming out of school all the time. The teachers saw a dramatic change in us. My friends were like were worried about us. Mm-hmm. My sister especially was worried about us. Mm-hmm. So everyone knew that there was something going on. And obviously, when I had, mm-hmm. I lived in like a, a support accommodation, mm-hmm. and I was like doing really well and were great. And and then obviously they saw changes in us as well. And then one day, like, he just kicked us in the stomach and I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I just cried my eyes out. And mm. me, me support worker was asking what's the matter and I just told her everything. And and then that's when, obviously, I started getting support and stuff. Mm. Um, obviously, we had, like, social workers and that and because yeah. of it. But, like, they were really supportive. Like, obviously, I thought at the time that they were horrible and I was like oh my god I'm gonna get my baby taken away and what am I gonna do I just thought the worst obviously as anyone would yeah um and then obviously like you wouldn't what what they wanted to do was to do like a like a family plan for yeah. for him to like get help with his mental health and come off the drugs and get help with his drink and his anger mm. but he never ever done anything with it he would never he would refuse to go yeah but obviously it just showed that he wasn't bothered about he saw Nami yeah couldn't have loved us that much how did that make you feel? I felt worthless really I felt like I don't know I was all to hell really because I felt like I had no one because I was so used to him and I used to rely on him even though I was the one running around after him Mm. I felt like I don't he was just like a massive impact on my life and I was just so in love with him I never saw what else was around us and it was horrible but I I was just distraught really and and how did the the young person service help you I think the help was because obviously I suffered anxiety due to it um and I started, like, introducing us to, like, talking therapies and... Because mm-hmm. um, we were there 24-7 as well, they would, like, take us out and, like, introduce us to other young mums and try mm-hmm. to get more friends and... Mm-hmm. Just to try and make us, like, keep going with myself, just pushes and pushes instead yeah. of us sitting in the house and hiding away because I had a little one. Obviously, they had to make sure that I was looking after him and looking after myself. Yeah. But I think that with them, that's what helped with them. And then, obviously, I um, I got... The, the sort of talking one day in the meeting about the UFAS service. Um, and then I had a chat with <laughs> first. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I've been through it as well, you know. I, and I thought, oh, 
You know, as I just thought, I'll give it a go. I've been offered loads of help and I kept saying no. And then obviously I met Holly and she was like my worker for it. And I didn't really know what I thought at first. I just thought, oh, more nebby people. And like, I just felt like more people were like watching us and eyeballing us and wanting to like drag us down. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt a bit like wary all the time because obviously at the time, like, when I fit, obviously when they were first involved, I was still hanging around and I was still having bother with them and he was still like trying to wheel us in and please come back. Like, I love mm-hmm. you. And he used to say that he was going to kill himself. So I would go running. Mm-hmm. But eventually, when I got ready, like when I had the courage to actually cut him off and ring the police, and then obviously, like, was sort of getting orders and stuff put in place mm-hmm. with them because he was threatening the killers and that he was going to kill me friends. Yeah. Um, and luckily, I got loads of evidence of him ringing and stuff, and then I got an injunction put on him. Yeah. Which helped. <laughs> But uh, he had a new well. He had a girlfriend, even before I had the injunction on him. He was cheating on us with her. Yeah. So that made us feel a bit more crap. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but um, so, where do you think you'd be now had you not had the yipfas, and or maybe if you'd been supported by a service that's made for adult women, older women, how would that have made you feel? If I didn't have the support I did now, looking back, even though I thought you were all evil, <laughs> <laughs> when really it's, it's the, especially when you've lost your mum and, like, my whole family just ripped apart. It was hard enough as it was and I didn't have much support. I literally had, like, two people in my life and obviously a baby. Mm. Um, best thing I'd done... Like, and the best advice I got, and just go, just do what, like, it's not even that they're telling you what to do, it's they're opening options for you, and yeah, they're showing you like a light at the end of the tunnel to get out, yeah, and it it helps, it, it really worked for me, yeah. And if you were to talk to another young person who's going through the same situation who maybe doesn't see the light at the end of the tunnel right now what would your advice be to them well the only advice I could probably give was keep your friends close mm-hmm. um, and just try open up if you can Yeah, I know it's hard um, but you will you will come out of it. The more you talk and people take full advantage of every support you can get. Yeah. And what would you say to the people who are offering that support? Maybe the first person that a young person might talk to about their experience. What's your advice to them? To the worker? Yeah. Um, I suppose just take time with them. Patience is virtue. Mm-hmm. They'll come out and tell you more and more when they feel more trusted here and just like anyone really. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it's probably what I would say about that. That makes sense. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Oh, it's fine.
I'm sure it can be easy after a long day. <laughs> <laughs> or in general. But hopefully it'll help practitioners know how to respond to a young person and help young people feel like they can talk about what they've been through and get help. So thank you very much. Yeah, hope so. Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Safe Lives Spotlights on young people and domestic abuse, please go to our website, safelives.org.uk, where we will be uploading new content every week, each exploring a different aspect of young people and domestic abuse. If you'd like to participate in the discussion, you can go to our website to sign up for the webinar on March the 3rd between 1 and 2pm, and also join in the live Twitter Q&A conversation on March the 15th between 1 and 2pm. Just go to hashtag safe young lives. <laughs>